Travel Agent Chatter, Volume 18. Travel Agent Chatter is an audio series produced quarterly by the team here at Host Agency Reviews. I'm Steph Lee, the founder of Host Agency Reviews and your host for today's show. Today, we're sitting down with an agency owner who does things a little bit differently. He shares his most valuable FIT itineraries free on his site. He's used Upwork to find IC advisors to work with his team, and he's launching a new fam trip review site for agents. So tune in to hear how this ex-ad agency agent won a bid for a large corporate client that was previously with a established TMC or travel management company, and find out how he stumbled into booking sabbatical travel. And a quick announcement for all you horror fans out there, we've launched a new project. It's a YouTube series called The Friday 15. So join us every Friday at 12 p.m. Central Standard Time on Host Agency Review's YouTube channel. We'll take 15 minutes of your lunch hour to answer your questions. You can submit your questions and find out more about The Friday 15 at hostagencyreviews.com slash Friday 15. Now, let's get on to the show. Well, kiddos, it is mid-March, and you know what that means? It means we made it. One year ago, everything shut down, and knock on wood, and that's if you have any wood left after you started burning all of it in sight because of the apocalypse of the past year. So one year ago, our industry ground to a complete halt, and we are all still here. So if you're listening to this, you are a survivor. Yay, we made it. It is great to be here with all of you today, and we have got a fabulous show today. I have an old friend on, and Dewan Shorter is the owner of the $2 million agency, The Timely Traveler, based out of Chicago, Illinois. He is full of all sorts of inspiring and distinctive ideas that will help you grow your agency. So go ahead, grab a seat, put those feet up, and get ready to get motivated as you hear some of his philosophies and what he's been doing. Just a quick reminder before we get started that you can, let's see, you can watch, you can listen, or you can read this episode. We put it in all sorts of different formats. And you can also find the show notes by visiting hostagencyreviews.com slash TAC and clicking on episode 18. So for today's schedule, we're going to be breaking things down into five segments. So the first is beginnings. Next up is Mr. Popularity, unique aspects beyond bookings, and then we'll finish it up with our warm fuzzy segment. So it is time to get this party started. Devon, welcome to Travel Agent Chatter. Hey, Steph. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. We are so glad to have you on the show today. My, my absolute favorite thing when I worked for a host agency was seeing people starting their agency and having them take off. And you do have been one of those success stories. Because we met when we were at the same host agency and you were just starting out. So how long ago was that? I don't even remember. A little over 10 years ago. So I think, gosh, August of, I think 2010. We're like uh, decades. Yeah, We're, yeah. We so, can say yeah, decades yeah. now. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it's been over a decade, believe it or not. But yeah, <laughs> you know, I was just starting off, I think, before you made your transition. Yeah, yeah, early on. Well, that's awesome. And and now you're an experienced agent with $2 million. This is pre-pandemic, of course. 
but it's amazing to see and it it's so inspirational yay congrats thank you. thank you so let's dive into your background because you and i have similar backgrounds and that we didn't travel a lot growing up for me personally we were a family of four kids and i went on an airplane once in third grade and then the next time I set foot on a plane was when I was 21. And that was when I got hooked on traveling. So tell us a little bit about when the travel bug bit you and how that evolved into a career in travel. Yeah, yeah, good point. I think similar as you mentioned, I know growing up, we traveled a little bit around the U.S. and some places here we specialize in a lot of national travel and longer plane rides and exotic trips. Yeah, didn't do a lot of that growing up, to be honest. Really, when I started getting the travel bug, right after college for me, I finally had a working job. My background was in the marketing advertising industry. So I started working in that field and finally a little bit of money in the pocket kind of makes your own decisions what you want to do. I started to take a few trips early on. A lot of places that were easing the budget. So a lot of various places in Central America. Were you a back, were you the backpacker? I, I, see, I won't say quite the backpacker. But definitely, I was a backpacker, uh, but, but everybody hates the airport. <laughs> definitely making money stretch. So staying at a uh, grip locations, but not uh, break the bank of where we were staying. But for me, it was more about the experience, trying to get local, trying to really enjoy culture. So yeah, a lot of, when I really dove in, a lot of Central America, Mexico, some other areas that we really started to travel to. One of the first few trips uh, for us was like, uh, Honduras, Belize, actually Peru, South America. Peru was a big trip that I went early on mm. where my wife and I went. And I was trying to think way back and like, we're fiance, we're we husband and wife. But the two of us went on a trip, uh, a bigger trip with a group. And first time in South America. But for me, just was fascinated by the culture, the people, just the, the change of scenery. And actually, it was a bigger group trip that we were on. And what even got me in thinking more about even starting on travel agency, that group, we were 10 of us or so on the trip, and there were a lot of issues with flights. Other people needed help calling the airlines, issues with hotels, and some various things that we didn't plan. Obviously, I wasn't an agent at that point. We were along the trip. My wife and I were really helping people navigate the tense situations. And we got back from the trip. I was like, you know what? Everyone else was pretty tensed up about that and stress, stressful. But I'm like, actually, we didn't mind helping everybody out. So for me, I was like, okay, one day I can make this into a, how do I make that into a career? That experience that I had helping people resolve issues and uh, taking the work off their plate on that trip. Again, we weren't a travel, nowhere near a travel agency at that point, just two of us just helping out some friends and, and, and colleagues. But for me, that was one of the initial times where I was like, okay, one, the experience I had just traveling, loved it. But then two, on the business side of it, helping people navigate, I, I started to fall in love with that, that part of the business. So yeah, that was the early, I guess, travel bug, if you, if you say. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know a lot of people that would be like, yeah, I want to help you wait online with the airlines and figure out the canceled flights and delayed flights. So, <laughs> that, But that's what a travel agent does. That was really cool. So tell us a little bit about where the name The Timely Traveler came from. Yeah, you know, I think for us, uh, as, a, as, a, as a business, as a service, for the biggest thing that we preach, and I preach our, our, our ICs as well, is, is service, right? Being timely. And it goes with that with the name timely. I think it's being there for your customers, being there for your clients. No, I won't say 24-7, but when they need you, you need to be there. You're responding back in a timely manner. Someone reaches out to us for a trip or a request. Let's make sure we get back to them same day within 24 hours. 
or usually for me, it's within six to eight hours. Let's get back to him right away. Would a response, mm -hmm. if it's a question, if it's an emergency, let's get back to him right away. But if it's an inquiry or just something more general at the time, let's make sure we're getting back to them in a uh, timely manner. So for me, it's about the service first. Whatever, every client we touch, every prospect, every phone call, let's make sure we're handling it in the right way. So yeah, that's where Timely sort of ties into the name. Yeah. Dewan was even right before we started recording this, texting you with his client, making sure they were getting their COVID tests on their way to Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, so that's um, it, right? being, being there for him. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, you followed a pretty typical path and that you started out part-time. So you kept your job at the ad agency. And then as the business grew, you were able to go full-time at your agency. And I found that advisors that are working both their regular job in addition to starting their agency, like number one, I think it's inspiring that they're able to start an agency while doing full-time work in addition to just life. But that B, the people that do that, that are straddling two different jobs, they find that their regular job, their full-time job, really gives them a steady source of leads from their coworkers, the clients that heard about them starting their agency. And so you were in the ad world and my extent of knowledge about the ad world is mad men. So lots of hobnobbing, <laughs> going out, whining and dining, tons of networking, lots of smoking. <laughs> is that still the case? Like how did that play out for you in terms of leads? Yeah, I think that's a uh, good, good point you brought up. I think uh, mad men is at times, to be honest, yes, I mean, we, we enjoyed ourselves. I'm engaging you just like smoking, got your, I don't know, vodka on the rock. I don't even know what you I'll, I'll, I'll probably more on the, not on the smoking side, not on the smoking side, but maybe enjoyed adult beverage or two. Uh, <laughs> way, but, but what you're getting at, it's a very social, it's a, that's a very social industry. And yeah, for me, it was, you're right. A lot of the leads were, initially, I think any agent that starts off, a lot of leads are family and friends first. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, same way, especially going to part-time, a lot of friends and family initially, and then colleagues through, through work. And a lot of that was social, being out at events, someone come back from a trip that we booked and you're at a bar, a restaurant, a, a team dinner, and someone mentioned, just got back from Kenya. Oh, Dewan actually helped book that trip for us. And then obviously it, it would start to spread that way. So a lot of our business was initially from the industry, just social, people being out, very, again, a very... A very social industry so if you're doing it right things go well for you if we weren't doing a great job the, the business could end that quickly too unfortunately mm -hmm. we got some great trips for a lot of colleagues and just folks i knew in the industry and then it started to just spread out through that industry so yeah a lot of our initial clients were through colleagues and, and friends through the advertising industry and then it helped really help get our business started well speaking of being the ultimate social butterfly Dewan, i want to switch topics and chat more on your like online presence on social and your website. So let's jump into the next segment, which I've named, and I'm sure you, you love this, Mr. Popularity. <laughs> I heard, I heard it already. I heard it. I, was like, that I know. Be, I, I bet know you're like, <laughs> you're like, oh God, stop. What is she doing? <laughs> okay. So the thing I've come to understand since we've been talking more in depth about your business is that you're super understated and very modest about your business. Has anyone ever told you that? No. 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 Okay. Well, <laughs> let me give you an example. So before every interview, like I spend hours 
poking around on the interwebs and seeing what like my latest victim has been up to. <laughs> so I check the website. I check out the social media profiles. I look at the posts from clients. So I'm stalking Duan online and I see that he's mainly active on Facebook and Instagram. He's got about 2000 followers on each, which is impressive. Yeah, it's super right. impressive. And then I look at the posts and man alive, like the first post has 60 something likes. And I scroll down, I think, well, maybe that was an anomaly. And then the next one has 30 and the next one has 60. And then I go over to Instagram and I'm like, does this magic work over here? <laughs> and then it worked even better. He's got like what had 60 posts or 60 likes on Facebook had nearly 200 on Instagram. And so after that, I was like, I'm feeling really bad about like <laughs> our social stats. Like we have triple the number of followers and we have three likes. But then when I, what's great about you is like when I asked you about it and I'm asking you about your social during a call, you're super chilling. You're like, oh yeah, I spent some time writing those posts. And I'm like, <laughs> um, well, we spent some time writing our social too, Duan. And <laughs> <laughs> So what I'd like is, can you share with us some of the things that you do on social? What's your process? Because your audience is so engaged. What are you doing? What's your thought process? Yeah, for me, it's some of it's similar. I'm sure they're just, I mean, trying to, you know, stay out there pretty active daily, if not a couple of times a day, just, just with general posts. But I think for me, I think I mentioned to you too, being engaged in various groups so various travel groups, travel segments that I'm part of, even like various Facebook groups. So even if it's a group about people who are looking for travel tips in Kenya, it might be a travel agent specific group, it just maybe a general travel, you're a fan of travel, right? So you're in these groups. I still try to comment and, and, and interact. I don't, obviously I'm not saying I'm an agent, but I think you start to become a voice or speak more in some of those groups. And they're mm -hmm. more center facing groups. People are gonna look and see, okay, oh, where's, okay, guys, this time he's responded to something about Kenya. Okay, look, he owns the time to traveler. Let me follow the time to traveler now. So I think trying to be involved in areas where you know travelers are, it works for us. Again, I'm not selling in those groups. So the groups are just purely because I'm passionate about a certain travel niche or an area. But it, I think it's your expertise starts to carry over and people are then going to start checking out your profile. What do you do? Where are you? And then, okay, he's a voice of reason in this group. I should follow their, their, their social page. So I think we've got a good amount of followers that way. I think from content, and we talked about this a little bit too, just try to be a little bit different from the content we post. We don't do a lot of price points. We don't do uh, a lot of sales and things like that. It really is more, yeah. let's try to share things that are actually going to help our clients. So I know one thing we talked about, one thing we share a lot of, of client itineraries, itineraries that clients have traveled on. But I think we've talked about it before where some people, some agents or some professionals choose not to let the hat out of the bag first, try to keep it, keep some of those, yeah. those specially concealed and when a client reached out to you, then maybe let them know certain destinations, certain hotels. For us, we put a lot of that out there. And I think it's been successful for us in, in regards to engagement and then also to get new leads. I think for us, we'll we'll show them exactly where people stayed, what they did, what tours they took. And that's worked for us. We've seen a lot of new client bookings out of just being open and sharing some of those itineraries and, 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 and work that we did. It's almost given away for free at that point. But people yeah. still to actually book that. I find that people aren't going out and booking on their own. So just more and more content like that. I think that's more of a, you give something to your client. I try to make sure we post it's something that's going to benefit the client or, or benefit the, the, the Facebook follower, Instagram follower.
So. Yeah, well, you do a lot of pictures of your travelers travel. Do you ask them for pictures or do they send them automatically? Yeah, we have a, on our form before when they initially fill out the form, we get all the travel details prior to the trip. One thing we ask is, are you okay with, uh, you know, us sharing your social media a picture? So what we'll try to do, literally, if they say yes, I'll go follow them on Instagram or Facebook. That way they usually follow us right back. A lot of times they're already following us, but not every client thinks to go follow you. So we'll follow them before the trip. And once they click yes, okay, we're okay if you're sharing our photos, then obviously we'll grab some off Instagram or Facebook. Um, and then also when they come home, we also ask, hey, do you mind sharing a handful of pictures from your trip in our follow-up feedback form? And usually everyone sends over a couple of pictures for us to use too there. So on the front end, we ask. And then on the back end, we ask again for it. I think out of one of those two times, we were able to catch some good pictures and images and videos of their, uh, of their travels. Uh, yeah, that's super smart, like asking beforehand too and following them because part of the problem is people are so busy. They, yeah. of course, want to send pictures and help out in these things, but they get busy, right? coming back from vacation. Yeah. So that's really, I love that idea. Yeah, we'll do that and grab a screenshot while they're traveling. Grab, grab a screenshot. Hey, are you okay with posting this? Because you know, the biggest thing for us too is privacy. When people are traveling, sometimes people don't want the world to know that you're out of the country, out of town, out of traveling somewhere. Yeah. So that's what we ask it up front. I love posting while they're traveling and tagging the hotel, tagging the resort, tagging the tour company, who they're with. Because then right away too, we find that if you're doing, again, a tour in Kenya and staying in a nice resort, we'll tag the resort, then tag the tour company that's going out on safari with. They'll then respond back and engage as well, the tour company and the hotel. So it's giving everybody a little bit of credit, a little bit of visibility while they're traveling. So yeah, we try to do that as much as we can. Yeah, I noticed you're really great at tagging and I feel like that has something to do with the interactions that you're getting. Yeah, and it's good because a lot of times too, and again, before we move on, you asked me too about gaining followers. A lot of times those the resorts, the tours, they'll then share what we tag them in. So when they mm -hmm. share that, it's tagging the time we traveler back. So they have 10,000 followers for the resort. They're sharing a picture from the Tommy Traveler. They'll then see the Tommy Traveler linked on there. And a handful of people will then start to like us from that as well. So that's uh goes full circle with that. Yeah, super smart. Yeah, because you're, you're really like doing two things. You're building up your following. And you're also getting great engagement because you're bringing in all sorts of other parties into mm -hmm. the Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So tell us with these, you named a few places, but what are the pl Facebook groups that you you're hanging out in that you found have been really helpful for your business, the consumer yeah, there's quite, ones. Yeah, there's quite a bit. I think we've really branched out to the kind of areas that we cover. So to me, to be honest, there's a ton of groups, of travelers interested in Key West, travelers interested in Florida. And these aren't the specific names. Right now, there's so many groups on Facebook travel. Uh, there's one called All Things Kauai, All Things Maui, a ton of them. So for us, being involved in all those, all the destinations that we serve for our clients, Obviously, there's travel agent-specific ones. We're not getting followers from there. It's more going to these consumer, it's not consumer, but just the general public and, and just being engaged in there. So like I said, the all things Kauai, all things Maui, resorts of Key West, whatever it might be, just being involved in these special kind of Facebook groups. Mm -hmm. It'll help us get some traction from a travel. And every once in a while, someone's like, hey, I need a travel agent. And guess what? You're then there to, if someone does solicit it, you're there to help. Yeah. Us, we won't mention it unless someone does say, hey, can a travel agent, is anybody know a travel agent help plan this trip? And then we're there to help. Once you put your name out there, you usually get a ton of leads as well from that group. So yeah, that's the way we interact. That's one way we interact with and really grow our leads and grow our presence. Mm -hmm. And do you, I feel like I remember you saying you also follow and interact with a bunch of travel related profiles like Nat Geo and 
like yeah, the tourism yeah. boards? Yeah, certainly. I think tourism boards for sure is interacting, commenting. I think same with like publications, Nat Geo, Travel Leisure. I guess any one of those are kind of niche to what you're offering there, you know, are that are you know bigger travel companies. But I think still the people that are following Nat Geo or Travel Leisure, they're obviously travel enthusiasts, people who like to travel. As long as you're mm -hmm. interacting and engaging, you're still reaching those same type of consumers that you'd actually hope to attract to your business. So mm -hmm. yeah, the same idea there, whether it's Instagram page, Facebook, even LinkedIn, some other areas, sometimes to venture over to, I think just trying to find those like-minded audiences who you're really trying to attract. Um, yeah. So. Well, well, one thing's for certain, and that is that you have a great following on social and it, it's not just the post interactions you have, I think 50 plus glowing Facebook reviews. You've got maybe 20-ish on Google, and you've got a handful on Travel Leaders Agent site. So walk us through, because I know this is a challenge for a lot of advisors, is getting the travelers to review the agency after. Yeah. So walk yeah. us through your process for getting reviews. Yeah, you know what? I think for us, it is, I'm sure most agents do some sort of welcome home, welcome back. For us, it's initially where I ask it for the review, it's as we're getting back home. Hey, first of all, I want to see if there are any issues, major concerns. I know we checked in a few times during your trip, but first of all, anything that we need to address right away. Usually I know the answer is no, but it's a kind of a soft way to at least lead into what I'm going to ask for. Then the, after that, honestly, a couple of check-ins. We have a form that we ask them to fill out for reviews, and then we'll mm -hmm. also send a link. So that's more reviews like, so we do some write-ups in our newsletter. What were three of your favorite places that you ate? What was the most amazing thing about the trip? So we do a little a form that has three or four questions. And I just repurpose that for our blog and our newsletter and some other stuff. But then also the last thing I'll include is a link to our Google and Facebook. And sometimes travel leaders will we'll put in there as well. Um, but basically put a link in for the reviews, right? Again, know you're slam, but would you, you really help with our business? I know you had a great experience with us. The best thing you'd help us do is leave a positive review. So we'll ask you once. I'll usually do one more follow-up, to be honest. And then mm -hmm. that, that's it. There's not a ton of, not a, wish I had a, a, a secret recipe that you say that, that works, but I think just having that follow-up email really timely while they're just still enthusiastic about the trip they got home from, I think mm -hmm. it's place to be right. Capturing them at that moment. I think you wait for a week, you wait for three or four days. They probably haven't lost the magic yet, but it, it may not still be as fresh. For me, it's trying to get them right when they're getting back, maybe that first day home, asking for, and then again, a follow-up about a week later, they don't respond to that. And it seemed to have worked for pretty well for people even reviews. So yeah, that's been our, our strategy. Yeah, I feel like because people usually send out those. I like. I'm guessing what it is with you is, it seems like you're really in close contact with your travelers throughout the booking process, texting and um, emailing and checking in throughout the year. So you have built these really strong relationships, and maybe that's um, coming into play I, too. And I think you're right. The touch point is that pre-travel being there for them during travel. Maybe one checkup. I don't want to bother them on the trip, but hey, we're thinking about you. What do you need? Usually we do something small while they're traveling. So whether it's if a birthday or there'll be celebration, we may do something a little bit bigger, but if it's just a trip or maybe the first time traveling with us, always make sure we have something in the room waiting for them. Thank you, this and that. And then I think, yeah, when they come home, we've talked to them a lot of times and we've been there for them the whole time. So in my mind, it's almost like, okay, I don't mind leaving them review. They've actually gone be above and beyond to, to make sure I had a great trip. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the Travel Leader site that features their agents agent profile. So when I was checking out your profile, it's flush with like pictures and testimonials and your travels. It's a lot more filled out than some of the other profiles I've seen. Does that mean that you're getting 
leads from it. What's your experience been with kind of the agent profiler system? Yeah, it's been good for us. I think to your point, the initially we, we didn't have a lot to fill it out. It bare bones, a couple of places that we've traveled and then more and more travel leaders is great and jobs job pushing the importance of having your files updated and that we finally mm-hmm. went in and, and, and took their advice and, and really went in there and beefed up our, uh, our profiles. And yeah, it's, it's worked. You see, obviously COVID's a whole different situation. Even during COVID, we've had a few great leads come through here for trips. So yeah, for us, it's been good. For us specifically, a lot of Kenya travel, I think I mentioned to you, a lot of Africa travels come through, through mm-hmm. travel leaders, uh, through the profile, Belize, Cayman Islands, some other areas have popped really well for us. So, so yeah, honestly, we need to add a lot more to it even still. There's a lot more destinations and specialties that we haven't fully fleshed out, but I think we've done a good job with some destinations. We're seeing leads come in and, and legit leads that have booking and refers to other people. So it's been a good, it's been a good source of, of leads for us. Yeah, that's fantastic to hear because sometimes I, I feel like it's hot or cold. Like for some advisors, they say they, it doesn't work for them, but it's great to hear your story. And so people know that it does work and that you've gotten some really big ticket bookings from that. Yeah, we have. And it'll, and again, it'll, it'll heat up at times in a few months. I'm like, okay, maybe we need to go for refresher. But yeah, it gets us over, looking at over a year, it gets us a decent amount of uh, bookings. And again, some of the higher ticket bookings when you're talking about luxury safaris in Kenya, really, really nice resorts in, in Caymans or villa rentals and things like that multi-generational family trip. So some big trips come out of the profile. So. Yeah, that's super cool. Well, I also want to mention and let everyone know that on your website, you do a great job with listing your client testimonials. So instead of, because oftentimes what I see is there's a testimonial page and it'll list all of the testimonials, but you do it a little differently so that you have the types of travel you book. So like corporate or family and on that page, Below it, after you explain what you do, there's the testimonials from that specific subset of clients. The corporate clients are seeing corporate client testimonials and the family right. travel. They read up on what other families have been doing. So the, yeah, was there a thought process behind that? I think the thought was, if you're a family traveler, how can we make it easier for someone to go read about three or four family reviews? Dewan took care of the kids. They had... Uh, whatever it might be. They make sure there's enough room for the crib and things like that. I think you want to hear about, let's find another mm-hmm. family to travel with them versus searching for, if I'm an adventure traveler, I probably don't care so much about reading about family travel testimonials. So let's just make it easier, segment out. Also, we put some testimonials as well in the itinerary. For example, I had a gentleman reach out to me on Monday, actually yesterday, in regards to a Korea and Japan trip. And really he found that through an itinerary that we had built from a client that came back. So we wrote it up we had real images from a client's trip and their thing. At the bottom, we had testimonials from the client in that itinerary too. So I was like, how'd you find us? He's like, actually, somehow I was Googling South Korea and, and Japan and your blog popped up. I read it, saw the pictures and looked like these people were having a good time. And then there was a testimonial right at the bottom as well. So I was like, okay, real life people. I, I read about their experience. Okay, let me give you a call. So I think also those testimonials and the mix with real itinerary that people have actually gone on in pictures, mm-hmm. it helped. From a, from a new prospective client, it helps bring their guard down right away. Okay, here's real people. Here's a real itinerary. Here's a testimonial. Yeah. And then I'll go to the Facebook page and wherever else. And here's a couple good reviews. Okay, I'm ready to, I'm ready to work with them. That's kind of purpose there, those testimonials. And then just like as, as much real imagery 
and trip examples that we can put on, on the website to show people that we uh, kind of how we how we operate and how we do business. So yeah, you do a great job with social proof and making it so people feel really comfortable when they're stalking you online. Like I, when I was stalking <laughs> you, you on, yeah, I felt very comfortable. Just FYI, <laughs> you're a great person to stalk. <laughs> well, let's see. So I think I have one last question. When I was perusing the site, you had an email newsletter sign up that popped up. And I'm wondering if you can share like how often you send it out and what you put in there. Yeah, yeah. So we have the pop-up there, as you mentioned, on the uh, site. Just collect all the collect addresses. But yeah, we'll be sitting on a monthly, I won't say monthly, actually more of a quarterly now. The idea is to get mm -hmm. to monthly. Well, sometimes it's monthly. We still don't have the uh, our schedule as, as tight as I would like it. But at least try to get out quarterly with clients and sending updates. But yeah, for us, it's just some train of thought. I think usually our kind of format of the newsletter, the first section of the newsletter, usually you cover a few things that are, that are more topical, right? So if it's talking about now, obviously COVID, maybe new measures that are in place, you know, such as now things like travel overseas, you need to get testing coming back to the U.S. So I have a few mm -hmm. links and some read-ups and just current topics for our users, for our uh, consumers and our clients to read up on. But then two, we'd like to highlight a destination. So for, you know, right now during COVID, you know, specifically highlighting our destination that's available to travel to for most citizens. So I think the last one we had Hawaii in there and we talked a little bit about the different islands and nuances and why would I would I only make the most sense for you as a, as a traveler so a little bit about Hawaii and then uh, and then it gets more into kind of images of people traveling we usually do a recap of here's who's traveled this last month or here's who's traveled over the last quarter here's six or eight images or maybe 10 images of travelers actually enjoying their vacation mm -hmm. typically have a link as well the itinerary written for that picture if it's an image of Iceland or Hawaii or wherever it might be here's their experience they had in Hawaii and, and, and Iceland so not just the picture a client can go, potential client can go click on that, that itinerary and view it. And then at the end also we do just a wrap up, like here's the trip of the month or the trip of the quarter. And we'll highlight a client's trip. And what I mentioned to you earlier about, we do a form where we ask a few questions about a client's oh, trip. Yeah. Usually we'll mm -hmm. repurpose at the bottom. So it's almost a copy and paste at that point. Here were three must eat restaurants. Here were two tours they absolutely loved. Here's their favorite hotel from the trip. And then maybe just like a little bit of a testimonial at the bottom. Dewan and team put together an amazing trip for us or whatever it might be. So still try to capture that same theme that we have on the website, really just showing people out there traveling and experiences that, that our, our clients are having. Yeah. Um, so, yeah that's it. so that's, and then again, I think ideally we'd get it out monthly. It's more of a quarterly basis. Every once in a while we may do two months in a quarter. We still have yet to do three months straight. <laughs> so we'll, it's, uh, it's we'll, tough. we'll get there. I know we'll get there. We'll get there. So, but I, I like that you, that you do it quarterly because sometimes if you don't have something to say, like for us, we do our monthly newsletter, but if so many people do multiple times a week, like the bigger organizations, or they'll do it every week. And we were like, that's just too much. We don't have that much to say. And it like lowers our open rates. Yeah, certainly. I, yeah, I agree. To push it out, to push it out after a while, it's, it'll become toned up, right? It, no, open rates will drop. So there's one yeah. people are looking forward to it and to hit their inbox and give them some inspiration to travel. So yeah. What's your open rates like? So we're at, I think I mentioned you last and I, I, I knew you were going to ask that again. And I, and I got to go back and look at it again. I think we're in the thirties stuff. I, I can't remember. I know we looked at it even last time, but I said, I think we're in the thirties, mid thirties. Um, yeah. I think you're like mid thirties, forties. So yeah. mid thirty, yeah, I mean, forty. I, I think we've hit 40 a few times too. Yeah. So mid thirties to 40, I think we're, we're coming in at. So again, I think when we do it more than that quarter, even have what you alluded to earlier, 
we do see the rates drop off. You know, every once in a while we'll send out a kind of a random just one off here's a uh, not really a promotion, but here's a destination, here's something that happened. And I'll see those newsletters don't do as well as the quarterly ones that have a little bit more bulk to them, a little bit more information in them. And I'll mm-hmm. see that's the quarterly is probably the sweet spot for us. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, 40, 35 to 40% is an amazing open rate. So you're, again, putting me to shame. I've got a little bit to go to get up to 35 to 40%. I won't say everyone's like that. We've had some that haven't been (laughs) that. I'm going off the last couple that I I can speak highly about. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, while we're on the subject of emails, I know I said that that was my last question on that, but I know you're a big believer in maintaining relationships through checking in with friends and clients. So can you expand a little more on how you do quick emails throughout the year, how those have helped you grow your agency? Yeah, good question. Yeah, for us, obviously, I mentioned the newsletter we send out. But yeah, for us, also, important to get a little bit more personal with the email, too. I love having our team, and we'll do some outreach. Really, we'll go through our CRM, our database, our CRM, and grab our email list and really start to reach out to all of our clients. We'll try to go through everyone through the list. But we'll do something like, hey, in January, or, you know, use it in a year. Hey, it's been a year. It's been six months since you went to X, Y, and Z. We're just thinking about you. We're here if you need anything, and really enjoyed working with you on that last trip. So we'll send out those mm-hmm. kind of emails, those kind of touches. And to be honest, those open rate response rates are, you know, obviously we're not tracking them as, as we would a newsletter, but the, the, the responses are great. We truly do care about the customers, the clients. If someone had a baby, we know in the last year or something different happens in their life that, that we're, a lot of the clients we're friends with on Facebook now, so we're booking their travels. We'll comment on that as well and just really show we do care about them, right, the clients. Sometimes people are just like, hey, thanks for checking in. We'll talk to you when we're ready. And then, you know, there's a lot of times where it's like, hey, actually, I'm glad you reached out. I've been meaning to talk to you about a trip to, you know, Paris we're thinking about in 2022. Should we set some time up to talk? So those kind of touches, maybe two to three times a year. You know, also along with our newsletters and a few other communication pieces. But the, the direct emails, taking your time, it takes a lot of time to write a personal letter to each person. It, it's worked well for our business. I think our clients really appreciate it. Yeah. So yeah it's a good way to, when you're like, you know what, how, okay, I've tried, social media is not working for me. Instagram, Facebook, I'm not getting, you know. Okay, you know what? You're doing really great on Facebook and Instagram, Dewan. <laughs> I know, but you know, those aren't, thank you. And some of their likes, those likes turn to a response. Yeah, they're email, not sales. Yep. Email is an easy way for someone to respond back. I'm like, gosh, thank you. Here's here are five things I was actually wanting to talk to you about for a trip coming up. So it gives them kind of that platform to really just respond right back to you. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, and I suppose too, if you put out the database and you have, I don't know, 300 clients or something, and you just have the list on your desk and do one or two a week or one or two a day. Yep. And it, it takes a minute to write it up and send it off. That's really effective. Really effective. You think about the time spent, I mentioned before, a good, not a good point, but a, a percent, you know, even 15, 20% of those turn into be new leads. And that's time well spent. Definitely. Um, and I'm not, and I'm not sure, sure where our percentage is. It's you know, right, but even if it's 10%. You have a list of 500, 600 clients. You get 50 responses back with potential trips coming up. So that's huge, right? So even yeah. if hey, I'm thinking about traveling, it may not have the details yet, but hey, I'm thinking about traveling towards the end of the year. I'll be in touch with you soon. Mark it in your calendar. Do a follow-up again with them in March or April to check in with them, see where they are. to get you another potential lead. So. Mm-hmm. Well, let's move along and jump into the next segment where I want to hear about some of the unique things that you do. So... There are two things I noticed right away when I was on your website that I don't often see. The first is those really in-depth itineraries that you had talked about. 
And the second was the sabbatical travel. So yeah. let's start with the in-depth itineraries. We chatted about this. Some FIT advisors and just advisors in general really guard the specific details of an itinerary until the client is closer to booking with them. But you, you take the opposite approach. So tell us about your thought process on putting out such detailed itineraries. Yeah, no, I think I, I hit on some of this earlier, but I think my entire intent for putting those to just be visible, just be transparent with those trips. For me, it's, uh, we're finding that we're getting so many leads that, that are coming in through, that are not even on referral, coming in through, again, social media things that we're pushing out or either maybe a referral to someone who doesn't really know who we are. When mm-hmm. they first work, that you did, it helps legitimize us. I think just seeing that here's an actual person, here's an actual itinerary. And for me, I'm pretty confident that the trip that we put together, again, someone wants to try to replicate that, they, they can try to go do it, right? It, yeah. it, to do it the level that we do with the service that we put behind it. I think it's, uh, we put a lot of value there. So I think us knowing about our strength with customer service and being there for the client, they still won't have the same experience if someone just want to book a couple hotels and maybe a random tour. So I'm pretty confident that and if someone is price hunting or just trying to find out that we're not really in, in the realm for, we really want to be there to provide you a service to provide as a business. So we find that honestly, as I mentioned even earlier, the other day, a client came in, found the blog, found the itinerary, and then went through it, saw the testimonial that we had included with it. And he thought, okay, this is an itinerary that I love. I'm glad you laid everything out. I love the hotel. I love some of the tours. And that was easy work done. Really, he wanted the similar itinerary except for maybe a couple of tweaks, right? So for me, it's mm-hmm. almost repurposing some of that work that we've already done. And we don't put price points on it. We don't put any of that. It's more like here's day one, here's day six, here's day seven. But we don't get specific on dates or pricing. But yep. we, get a lot of, we get a lot of people who are just like, oh, I, like, I want that similar itinerary. Maybe just make one change. So that work that we've done, we're using that to almost make multiple sales just off that same itinerary that we put together. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's been good for us. I think it served a couple of purposes. I think one, legitimize us for a new potential client. I think, too, we find it saves us to do re- redoing work. We have those itineraries posted, and a lot of times people just want to grab and, and replicate a similar itinerary. Yeah, I think those are two kind of two uh, areas or two trains of thought that help us with those itineraries. So. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, too, because when I was looking at them, if I were like, oh, I want to go to South Korea and Japan and was looking at the itinerary, I was like, well, I don't want to work with a travel agent or pay a travel agent or whatever my deal is. If I went to try to book every one of those pieces, I'd be like, this is exhausting because there are so many pieces that you're pulling together. So I think it also in some ways dissuades people from booking on their own because they are so complex and so much time has been put into them. Yeah, and I think to your point, I think we might have talked about it a little bit briefly before, but I think, yeah, when you start when you get to the logistics of a, a European trip, Asian trip, even Kenya, you know, we start talking about multiple connections and what tour company I use to pick me up from the airport, who's going to get me to this tour, uh, how, how do I get to this, the train station? Those are the details that I think once you start to read about all that, you're like, okay, let's work with someone who actually has done this and knows they're doing there. Help me connect those dots. So I think okay. chances, yeah, they can maybe just go book that on their own. But a lot of these itineraries are pretty detailed with getting transfers, pickup, excursion, all that. So it's, we find to your point, people come to it. Okay, just make it easy for me, please. Just what you did for them. We, we want very similar experience. Uh, you know, maybe tweak a thing or two. But for the most part, we, we want that. So Yeah, no, exactly. And we're bi- big believers at of that philosophy over at heart. We've had people copy our ideas and the site. And, but I always feel really secure that while someone can copy our site layout, 
and our content. They can't really copy our personalities and knowledge that kind of come with it. And just a note for those listening, if you are interested in hearing some inspiration from some agencies that also give away the keys to the kingdom, but I have booming businesses because they do that, you can listen to episode... It's the episode 12 with Andres Zuleta, who's of Boutique Japan, and then episode eight with Madeline Jawar with Italy Beyond the Obvious, both do an amazing job, and I'll, I'll link to those in the show notes, as well as link to one of the pages with Dewan's itinerary. I'll link to his website. Well, let's move on to this sabbatical travel, because that is yeah. something that I don't think I've ever seen an agent say they do on their website. So tell us a little more about sabbatical travel and how in the world you fell into this. Yeah, yeah, good question. Good question. For us, uh, sabbatical travel actually goes tied back to my agency days, media, working in media, advertising. You know, one of the companies that I worked for at, at a previous employer, when I was still a side business, they offered employees sabbaticals, about a month long sabbatical. And I, I, a month long, three weeks, I can't remember the exact timing, but pretty much a good, a good amount of time off um, after about three years of work. At that point, I had a travel business still kind of aside, and everyone knew it was transparent with the company. I'm not hiding mm-hmm. it. We had a travel company aside. So at that time at the company, a lot of people who were going on sabbatical, hey, can I talk to you about my trip, my travel? So initially, that was how the idea sparked. And then from there, we started doing some research. For me, sabbaticals were heard of. For three months off, just go travel, do whatever you want. I hadn't heard yeah. about other companies, but then I had like, there had to be other companies out here to start who do this, right? So we started really researching and looking at other companies that offer this. And there's quite a few. We had a list of going on a spreadsheet going of a, a list of companies that offer these sabbaticals. We really started just doing some outreach to all these com- HR departments, different teams. And the whole idea and purpose was, and we're still trying to get there, but we would love to almost be the agency, uh, the travel agency for these uh, employees that they look to take their, their sabbaticals. Because the sabbaticals are always listed in their perks to working here. You get a month yeah. sabbatical for three, three weeks, four weeks. So our whole goal is really try to get into some of these companies and be the, uh, look, you're getting a sabbatical anyway. Why not mention the time and travel along with that as a, you get your sabbatical. If you want to take a trip, then reach out to the time we travel to help plan that trip for you. So we started just make some headway there. We were planning a lot of sabbaticals for, for actually a couple of companies. We weren't the official. We didn't get on the HR, the website of that, but we were planning mm-hmm. a lot of trips for their employees. Again, these were usually people going two to three weeks, if not the full month they had off for sabbaticals. So they're bigger ticket trips, fun trips to put together and work with. So it's an angle we're still going after. Things have slowed with COVID, but when things pick yeah. back up, definitely want to get back in there and approach some more companies for that sabbatical sort of travel. Well, um, I imagine even if you don't get in officially with the HR departments, which might be difficult, is right. once you get in with a couple of the travelers, word would spread like wildfire. Since yep. this is something that everybody gets after five years, you'll get this continual flow of new leads. And, and, and that's what happened. To your point, someone got someone would get back. We had a lady get back. A couple get back from Australia and Thailand. They mm-hmm. pull, they talk about it. They get back to work. Where'd you use? How'd you plan that? Dewan and team planned the trip for me. And then yeah, it, it started to take off. The more and more sabbatical. Travelers would just come to us and you know want to want to want to work with us. Yeah, you're right. We're starting to spread that way. Unofficial sabbatical planner with the company, right? So yeah, yeah. Well, so you also got a decent sized corporate client that came to you after they were with a much larger corporate focused travel management company or TMC. Mm-hmm. 
how do you how did you manage to close that deal as a smaller agency that doesn't necessarily focus on corporate like you were up against a TMC what yeah. what changed things yeah so fortunately had a yeah so he had an introduction through a friend mm-hmm. at this company I know I won't mention this on here now but it listed on the site the truth our team's small but we're, we're pretty nimble so I think our advantage our play there was really the larger corporate travel, you know, company they were using before, a lot of forms, a lot of process in place, a lot of really fine particulars as far as you want to reach this during certain times, you've got to fill this form out. I remember listening to all their pain points at the time. <laughs> okay. Some of those will need to be in place. There needs to be a good process in place to keep track of because they're doing, a, they're doing a large volume of first class or business class travel and hotels and conventions that they, they do. So they, they do a lot of travel over a year. So we had to have a mm-hmm. process in place, but I think with our team being nimble, Really being a small boutique staff agency, someone hop on the phone at nine o'clock. We're not going to charge you a fee to talk to you at nine o'clock. What do, what do you need? How can we help you? How would we be of service to you? So our whole thing, really that customer service. Uh, Sorry, you know, my chair just went down. down. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I know I said something really good there, right, Steph? Um, <laughs> Poor Dewani. That whole customer service, like we're, we really do care about them as a, as a as a company, as a partner with them. So I think our strengths, flexibility customization, being there for you when you need you. Again, all these forms and links, you don't have to worry about all that with us. We'll be detailed and organized, just as organized as they were, but we're not going to nickel and dime you over. If you want to chat at nine, if you want to talk at six in the morning, seven in the morning, we'll be there for you and your travelers. So really just playing that smaller boutique kind of agency card. And it's truthful. We've been a good partnership with them for a couple of years now. We've been there to service them and they travel everywhere. They send clients anywhere from there in India to Mexico to Australia to where you name it. So they do a lot of great international travel and, and high class business travel. Mm-hmm. We're, 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 we've been we've done a good job servicing them so far. So yeah. Yeah, I love hearing the stories of how advisors find these really great corporate clients. It's like a David and Goliath. Like in volume five, I, I talk with an advisor who had a very similar story of how she landed a really big corporate account because the previous TMC was way too rigid for them. So I'll put a link to volume five in the show notes if anyone's interested in hearing a David and Goliath story again. Ooh. And I just, and I, and I, I need to go listen to that one too. And one thing I'll say before you move on, I do remember being in the meeting, the final meeting with going with them with the mumbles of pitch, right? And they're showing me the volume of travel. I'm like, okay. Can we actually do all this travel? There comes yeah. that moment where you're like, okay, I feel confident in our service, but you're like, okay, they're they really are doing a lot of travel. But yeah, we we've done a great job with them. They've been happy with us. But it was your point that David. I'm like, what was I'm like, they really go with us versus the big guy they're working with. But they made the change. I think they've all been happy for. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's been good. It's been good for us. Well, I saw on your site that you charge a service fee. So I have a couple yeah. questions because I'm always curious on the different ways that advisors structure their fees. In our latest survey, fee survey, which I'll link to in the show notes, we had 52% of hosted advisors and 75% of independently accredited advisors charge some type of fee. So did you, first question is, did you start out charging a fee 10 years ago? So we did that right away. Yeah, we didn't start off right away. We started... I don't want to jump the gun on your questions. We started about about three, three to four years ago. We started charging fees. Okay. And then, so that's, it's totally normal. And I think on par with what we see in our surveys is that 
as someone becomes more experienced, the likelihood to charge fees goes up. And and in the surveys that we'll link to, there's some really cool charts showing like through the years, the percentage going up. So the next question on fees is your fee structure is somewhat unusual in that you charge clients a fee once, but never again. And you also let them know that if they don't like working with you, it's refundable. So walk us through your thinking on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good question. I think our first thing, yeah, we, we charge uh, first-time travelers. So for us, it is your first time reaching out to us for a trip. We do charge a fee. And, you know, it varies depending on if we're talking about a, you know, a fit Asia trip versus a just all-inclusive to 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 Mexico or somewhere. Pops mm-hmm. is a little bit lower fee than a larger intensive fit Asia trip. But we charge per adult, so per adult, a standard fee. For us, it's first-time travelers. I think what that does for us, it helps us. I think what all agents are trying to do, make sure that you're getting a, I don't want to say verify, but a... Like a qualified lead. Oh, there, there you go. Qualified, yeah, qualified. Right. Exactly. Make sure, you know, we're not, they're not sending it to price match. You're not just sending it to take an itinerary and leave. So for us, that's the purpose of to make sure we're getting like a, a customer that fits our kind of service that we provide. So yeah, one-time fee. We tell them that first time fee, you come back with us, which most clients, we retain the visit, they come back and work with us for multiple trip. You're a client for life. We, we're your partner for life. We'll help you with any trips that you need after this. So that's kind of our selling point. Our whole thing is we've done a good job. We're just trying to build clients for life. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we could do that still by charging a little bit more every time. I'm sure we'll have some loss up. But for us, it's one-time fee, and we'll take care of you for life no matter what happens. So that's how we built our good book of business, I think. And it's, and it's worked for us. We do offer the refundable piece. We slide that in. I don't make it so vocal, but it is almost at the end of the page. It's okay. If for some reason you really are not happy with that initial itinerary that we send to you after the concept, after the initial consultation, we would give you your money back. We were way off base and we were off budget by the budget was 20000 We gave you back with a $35,000 plan. Then, yes, take your itinerary back and, and do whatever you want to do with it. Uh, we haven't had that happen to be honest at all. We never had anyone mm-hmm. ask for a refund back. I think maybe one time somebody could not travel after we talked they pay but that wasn't because of an itinerary just because it, their, their plans change but other than that we haven't had that happen where someone's like you know what this itinerary was way off mark i want my money back so i feel pretty confident that we're going to put together a strong itinerary for them based on our conversation our consultation if we do offer mm-hmm. it up knowing that it the likelihood of it happens extremely low of them asking for a refund yeah, I think like what it does is just add like an ease of mind for people that have never worked with an advisor before, that they know it's refundable because you're so confident that you're going to provide what they need that you're not going to be giving the money back. It's not really a risk and it, it helps that, ease their mind. That's it. That's it. I think one thing I think in private agents are probably listening now, I think during the during this current pandemic, I know more people are charging fees or, or fees structured a little bit different. We have worked on some other things on the back end now as far as cancellations and things too close to travel to help, at least help protect some of our work during COVID, knowing that a destination could change on a dime right now. Trip yeah. out and unfortunately just can't get there because of a, a spike or something that happened somewhere. So we do have some things worked on the back end there, but we still don't charge. We're still not charging any additional fees up front for returning clients or existing clients. Yeah, and you do, you do like the first call with them. The initial call is free, correct? Yeah, we do the free consultation for the first call. So yep, mm-hmm. you know, use an email or a form they'll come through. We'll set the first initial call, and then after that, we'll send them the the form. We use TravelJoy for our tools, so we'll send them the invoice through there before mm-hmm. we start building an itinerary. Once we get the money in hand from them, then we'll start working on itinerary. 
and from there, they're again, they're set essentially from from then on to work with us. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And I'll put a link to Travel Joy if anyone's interested in, in learning more about that in the show notes. So we'll switch gears a little, but still on some unique things about your agency. So you have a few ICs. How many do you have now? Yeah, we have four, about four ICs now. We always range from around, around three to four, about four now. Okay. Yeah. So you've posted on Upwork to find them, which is a really unique way of finding independent contractors like that are travel agents. So for those of you that, that haven't used Upwork before, it's an online platform that kind of pairs up freelancers with people looking for ICs, but it's not typically used in the travel space. So I'll link to Upwork in the show notes, but now Dewan, I think the like idea of hiring an IC from an online platform may sound really scary or maybe like a huge time suck to other advisors, has it been successful for you? Yeah, we found great. Yeah, we do some other postings sometimes, but yeah, for the most part, we found a, some great, great uh, luck, fortunately, some great ICs that we love to join our team through Upwork. And it's been, for us, we've had great leads. Like with any source, you get some interviews that just don't work out for whatever reason, skills don't match, skill set, timing may not match up. But for us, even one of our, our best ICs, I won't say best, we love them all, right? One who's been with us maybe one of the longest, I should say, is probably the best way to put it. Jetly Jane Lancia, who's part of the team, found mm-hmm. her up work fortunately, and she's been a great asset to the team along the way. Yeah, yeah, up work, found her, great interview, everything obviously worked out for, for her and then, and then us as well. But yeah, we found her through up work, and it's been a way for us to find some great talent, to be honest. Yeah. And in Jane's case, she didn't have she didn't have necessarily a travel agency experience. She had a passion for travel. She had worked in some customer service areas. So for us, it's still looking for some of those other, maybe not that you were a travel agent in the past, but looking for some of those skill sets that are going to translate well to be a, to be a good travel agent, right? Organization, customer service experience, client-facing sort of positions that you've been in where you've dealt with clients and dealt with people on a day-to-day basis. So those are some things that we look for that I feel mm-hmm. translate well over to, to being a successful travel agent. Right? So, yeah. So two things that pop up in my mind here. The first is that another episode that would be great, a companion one to this is again, volume 12 with Andre Suleta, who has a complete remote team and what it's like to be working with a remote team. But then my second question is, so you've given us some tips on how you filter through all the applicants to see what kind of transferable skills they have. But what... I I imagine there's a lot of people who think the idea of being a travel agent sounds so dreamy, but they may not want to put in the work. So what's the process like when you've narrowed down your applicants, then what do you do? Like, how do you interview them and figure out who you're going to bring on to the team? Yeah, I think at that point, you know, if you get to that final set, it is really talking to them about the kind of day to day. I think to your point, the big picture, the beautiful piece when you think about a travel agent going on trips and discounted yeah. trips and traveling the world and then seeing new things, which it's which like mad men. You just sit and drink all day. <laughs> That's it. Drinking margaritas by the beach and yep. enjoying nice resorts. But it's obviously some of that is included, but I think that final stage is really talking to them about the day to day. Like there's me time you're gonna be helping somebody on a flight at ten o'clock at night and you're exhausted. But guess what? That's your client. They're stuck in wherever because their flight got canceled. You need to help them get home. So I think it's starting to really show them real world examples. I really try to walk through like an example like that. 
I talked to him about a few travel insurance examples that I had where people have been hurt or injured and you're trying to help them find a, maybe help them find a, if they had the insurance to call, but go above and beyond and help them find a, a doctor or somewhere close by they can go get help with late at night if they got hurt on their trip. So just little mm-hmm. things like that, we try to show them like, look, I'm passionate about it. I love it. That's why we're in it. But there's actually times where you're putting a lot of hard work, even day to day, doing the research. I talked a little bit about the research that comes involved and you may put together four or five various itineraries for your client happy. So it's just really opening their eyes before they sign on that it's a struggle some days and also the new agent. It's going to take a little while for you to start to build up your, that's one thing that also is, is eye-opening to some people at first. Like it's going to be a little while before a commission starts to come in for you. Yeah. One, you know, friend and family maybe book with you first. We, we send our ICs leads as well as they come through. It's going to be a while mm-hmm. before you start to build their business and their own little network as well. So just making sure people are aware of some of those things. I think at that point, you either find people like, okay, I'm still on. I'm okay if it takes me four to five months for commission to start to come in and whatever else might be. And you get some people who are like, oh, that's a little bit more than a little bit more than I thought it would be. Actually, I might pass or I may reach back out to you in the future if that's okay. So I think that's the point where you see people come either come with us or they may decide that, you know what, it is a lot different, a little bit tougher. Not exactly what I thought you guys did day to day as a travel agent, right? So Yeah. Yeah, yeah. the I, I think the income expectations is really important setting that up that the repeat and referrals don't start happening until year two and year three. And so your first year is really slow and money does not come in right away. So, and that's the piece. I think the income part to your point, that's why I'm always just trying to be transparent. With everyone. You may be very social and know a million people, but it, it's still going to take a while for initially it will be some of your friends and family who probably will book from you first. And then obviously mm-hmm. to grow, but it, it, even that if someone book with you tomorrow and they're not traveling for six months, most suppliers and most partners don't pay until you travel or until you get back. So it's the client gets back. So you're still sitting a while before that money starts to come in. So yeah, I think it's having those, that income piece is just, is, is probably the most important part to level set, uh, you know, potential ICE to join you. Yeah. Well, I want to ask one quick question before we move into the warm fuzzy segment. And that's, you're working on a side project called famtripreviews.com. Yes. And yeah, first of all, love the name. We're like twins <laughs> sites. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Secondly, tell us about this like fun sounding site. What is it? Yeah, yeah, tell us about it. Yeah, so we're in the process. It's, it's come along, the site's up, but we need to flush it out a little bit more before we fully release it. But you know, the whole idea for us in that fam trip space, I think you've even done a few good segments and even been part of your different podcasts I've heard over the, over the time about fam trips have come up between different agents. How do I find them? Where are they? Are they for me? Do mm-hmm. I need to be qualified as an agent to go? Do I need to sell a certain amount of a destination, right? So there's so many nuances to fam trips and each one's a little bit different. I think our whole idea is really to build this site and have it be almost a resource, a guide for you as a as a travel professional. So I think one, army of information about fam trips, basic things. How do I sign up? Where do I find them? Who are travel suppliers and, and, and providers who are out there? And we'll touch on that in a second. Who are out there for me to even take a fam trip with? And I think yeah. two also as a professional, we're trying to arm professionals with a almost a tool belt. So the site we created, uh, for example, whole idea is for travel agents to be able to come on and leave reviews on fam trips that they've gone on. So we've created a almost a review site where you can just literally go on a fam trip. You can come back and talk about it, create, a, create your profile, leave a review in a few different areas and your rating and how you felt about the fam trip and leave that there for the professionals to be able to read and, and, and engage with. But then also two things such as digital site inspection forms that could live on your dashboard, which I know we're we'll to talk to you about a little bit more about that. They could also save reviews from other users that have written on the site and save that to their dashboard. So almost just to make it easy 
for travel professionals to write, create, and review, have everything in their, in their back pocket for the fam trip reviews, right? So everything you would need from a fam trip, going on a fam trip, leaving a review yeah. trip, would all live within this dashboard. Yeah, uh, instead of having to dig through emails or find the Word document that you wrote it on, it's all stored in fam trip reviews. That's it. Our hope would be to get agents, a lot of agents to join it. It'd be a free site for us, for agents to join, but just for a social site for fam trips. And then also another element of it would be for agents to leave reviews on fam trip suppliers and providers. Whether it's a sandals, whether it's a, we talked about, there's a lot of new providers coming out now who are providing. Tell us about that. Cause yeah, yeah so, the, these fam trip providers. Yeah, so we found is I think we, we've been seeing more and more of, you know, not the big suppliers who also have their fam trips. We went from Europe Express to Avanti to Sandals to, to whatever, right? The bigger, bigger mm-hmm. players that you traditionally expect a fam trip from, they're still there, of course. But we're also seeing, uh, for example, I've talked to a lady who runs this site, Jamaica Fam Trips, and she's working with, I think she's an agent. Actually, I talked to her a little bit the other day. She's an agent. She decided, you know what? There's not a lot of fam trip offerings for Jamaica. Well, there's some very limited fan trips. A lot of them, some of them are through the tourism board and some are through a few other areas, but there's not a lot that encompass that are available for all agents from novice beginners to experience. So her whole idea was, you know what? I'm going to work with the tourism board, work with some of the resorts directly and start to build out some fan trips on our own. So she created the site, created the company. I think they just took their first fan trip for agents. I think she had four or five agents who wanted her first fan trip. But there's more though. Mexico fan trips is another site that's popped up recently. And I know their fan trips are, Again, I think a lady or maybe one or two. Again, I, I got to look at all the details specifically on it. But basically, I believe you know previous travel agent or still maybe current. But whole idea was to create more fan trips within Mexico and more of a hands-on kind of boutique-ish style fan trip for agents. So there's been more and more of these outside your big players popping up that are providing fan trip experiences for agents. So I mean, there's some other ones I know as well, some other countries, other other destinations as well, are starting to pop up. So it's a little bit of a different take. We're called them fan trip providers. Yeah, I love that name. So yeah, yeah, it's an interesting space. So I think, you know, you asked for the purpose. I think the whole purpose of that site really started to provide some clarity to the space a little bit more. And then I think, too, just provide almost a tool belt for agents to, again, go create one place that fam trips could live, reviews could live. They could save, bookmark reviews of other agents. A lot of times we're in these various groups. I'll see someone say, oh, someone posted a fam trip about a Mexico resort, this Mexico resort last week, and I can't find it whole idea about this would be it would live within that site. You could then bookmark it. It would live in your dashboard. That review would be there for you to reference anytime you needed to. Yeah, trying to really provide that kind of experience for agents, you know. And then you do you list some fam trip options within the site too? I thought I remembered seeing some. Yeah. So, yeah. So, even for example, uh, right now, I talked with the Jamaica uh, fam trips, the lady who, who runs that. We have a couple of their upcoming fans listed on the site. Croatia, the fam trip coming up we have that kind of listed there so the whole idea will be also provide a fam trip offering i think there are other sites that do offer those fam trip offerings so for us that won't be our main focus but i think mm-hmm. we can shine light especially in some of these boutique even some of the smaller uh i won't say smaller but just the providers mm-hmm. we can help shine light on some of their offerings that may not be on some of the other sites some of these boutique newer style fam trips that are coming up help provide some insight and 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 visibility for them too so yeah well well congrats on the new site sure. new project thank yeah, that, yeah yeah it's a project, it's a project. We're, we're almost there but there's still some fine tuning but we're, we're excited about it so yeah well we'll put a link in the show notes 
to both your site as well as the Mexico fam trips and Jamaica fam trips so people can find those. And with that, it's time to sashay into our last segment. <laughs> this is our warm fuzzy segment. And who can't use a warm fuzzy after 2020 and the beginning of 2021? If you haven't heard spiel for this oddball segment, those of you listening in, it's essentially our way of acknowledging that being a travel agent is really darn tough sometimes. You work long hours and you put up with a lot. And sometimes that can end up wearing you down. The idea behind the warm fuzzy segment is it's a way to remind you that when you're ready to throw in the towel, it's here to remind you exactly why you love this business, that for every stressful moment, there are many memories that are being made. And for every horrible client that you have to work with, there are plenty more clients that appreciate the work that you do. So, Dewan, can you share with us a cute little story about something a client or a supplier or someone else in the industry did yeah. that really made your day brighter? Yeah, I'll give you an example. For my example, I mean, what they did was amazing. It was nice, but it was more about it's the timing that it happened. So it was early, early in my career, to your point, where those first couple of years are, are rough starting off as an agent. Right? Mm-hmm. The income was slow, building up clients and referrals and things like that. But we had worked on an itinerary for for a European trip. Actually, it was France and a couple of countries. But uh, for a two week trip for a client, it was a intense itinerary put together. A lot of back and forth, a lot of feedback, a lot of changes. So a lot of work went into it up front. And it was one of those things where you're like, okay, did the client truly appreciate that? Were they happy? Are they, you know, are they satisfied with what we did for them? So client went on the trip, went on the trip. We did our normal check-in. We didn't hear much from them. I'm like, gosh, okay. I haven't heard from them in a few days. Are they having a good trip? Are they not? And, but you don't want to bother them too much. So I, I waited to make two days before I came home again. One more check-in. Just, hey, making sure nothing went on on the trip. Are you guys and everything okay? Still nothing. So at that point, I'm like, oh gosh, like they, <laughs> like what is going on this trip? And it was a, it was an expensive trip, a luxury trip, and they, so I'm like, God, are they did things not? Are they, are they just upset? So came home, sent our form out that we sent out. We talked about earlier. They were welcome home. How was it? Still no response for a few days, right? Oh, Bring you're getting the, the cold shoulder. Yeah, getting the cold shoulder. So I'm like, gosh, are they, are they even okay at this point? In the mail that next day, so two days go past. I go to the mail. Go in the in the in the porch to grab it. Nice big box of chocolates, a thank you mm-hmm. card, handwritten from the client. But basically, the whole idea is they put together this nice little bouquet package that was, well, thanks for all the work you did. We appreciate it. Sorry we didn't respond sooner, but just wanted to send this to you as a handwritten thank you. And then they reached out on the same day. So for me, early in the industry, I was like, oh gosh, that's that's awesome. That's not why you do it, but it's nice to know you're appreciated. What you do. We all do it for <laughs> chocolates, Dawn. <laughs> that's what drives me in life. <laughs> But, you know, it was that the satisfaction that we put out there for them. The work we put in was appreciated. So early on, I was like, okay, that's, uh, that helps get you back on track as an agent when you're having those down days, right? Um, yeah, it's yeah. just so thoughtful. Yeah. Heart. Yeah, exactly. So, so that's it. Yep. That was one early on. So we've had things happen since then. But early on, that was one of the first few big kind of, you know, things that a client had done back. And I'm like, okay, this is awesome. Let's, you know, let's carry on. Let's keep, let's keep doing this. So Yeah. Well, well, that is a beautiful way to wrap up another episode of TAC. So, Duan, thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing your story. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, and you all made my day by tuning in. So thank you for listening in. If you're up for it, join us for a new project we're doing, the Friday 15. And that is every Friday at 12 p.m. Central Standard Time on YouTube. 
I take 15 minutes over your lunch break to go over any questions you've submitted. So you can submit your questions and learn a little bit more about the Friday 15 at hostagencyreviews.com slash Friday 15. So we will see you cats soon. Um, until then, be well, stay safe, and eat lots of chocolate chip cookies or boxes of chocolate. <laughs> Bye, Sam. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much, Duan. You can watch a video, read a transcript, and view the show notes of today's episode by visiting postagencyreviews.com slash TAC and clicking on episode 18. And because I've been listening to a few podcasts lately that have a credits roll at the end, I couldn't help but feel a little bit jealous and want one for TAC. So here we go. Travel Agent Chatter is a production of Host Agency Reviews. It's developed, created, and written by me, Stephanie Lee. The executive producer is Ryan Gosling. Our associate producer is Neil Armstrong. Fact-checking by Serena Williams. Editorial support by Mary Stein, J.K. Rowling, and Maya Angelou. Our theme song is Chocolate Chip Cookies Are Nummy. Sound design and additional music by BTS and NSYNC. Our consulting producers are top secret. Thanks for sticking around for our fake credit roll. We'll see you guys next time.